you're never given a challenge that you do not have the ability to overcome. Whatever the challenge, however bad it looks and feels now, when you're in it, there is always a way out. There is always a way around it. This is episode number 70 of The Inspiring Talk with Hujefa Merchant. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. It takes vision to run a business, not eyesight. That's something today's guest strongly believes in. Josefa Merchant is 95% blind because of genetic disorder of the eye called retinitis pigmentosa. He only has 5% of the eyesight of normal person. But that doesn't stop him from running a design-centric business. Not only that, Josefa leads the design team of his company where his role is to get fresh design ideas and work with teams to get those designs created. In 2010, Josefa sold his house to build InSync, India's only soft fittings brand that designs and develops standardized soft fitting components for retail shops. To make it easier for you, his company creates different design elements including shelves, lightings, and so on of a retail shop, such as a clothing outlet. Asia Retail Congress conferred him as one of the top 100 most influential retail minds in India in 2018 and 2019 consecutively. He was also awarded as the Young Achievers title at the Golden Globe Tigers in 2018. Josefa has 20 design copyrights and patents to his name. On this episode, we talk about how Josefa's life was growing up, how he designs while his eyesight is limited to 5%, building his company, navigating through your challenges, and a lot more. Before we get into this episode, I would really appreciate if you could take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and when you do that, don't forget to tag me at Bizay Speaks. Now, enjoy the conversation. I'm sitting here with Hujefa today. Hujefa, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, so, Hujefa, how is it going for you? Oh, it's been fantastic. It's so, been thank you so much for having me here at your office. And uh, I really loved, um, you know, the vibe of your office and, you know, the design aspects and everything. Uh, you have beautifully created, which we are going to talk, you know, more about in a while because uh, that's the business that you are in. Um, you know, we were introduced by our mutual friends, and uh, when she shared about your story, I f- find it very fascinating and inspiring. At the same time, the kind of things that you have done in your life. But I want to go back to the early phase of your life and uh, talk a bit about your childhood. So, are, are you a Gujarati? Actually, I come from a sect, a business sect within the Muslim community, which is called Bohra. 
Okay. So generally, the Bohra community is very much like the Gujarati community in terms of we're business gened. We've been yes, yeah, so I think we've been into business for a while. So I'm a third generation businessman. My grandfather had a had a business where he dealt in spices and masalas, from which my father then uh, got into a hardware business, which evolved into the shop fitting business that we are in now. Okay, so how was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Bombay, in and I say Bombay because when I was a child, it was Bombay. Uh, it's now Mumbai. Yeah, I grew up in this area called Kulaba, and I've gone to the best of schools and the best of colleges, which my parents ensured, despite of me having only five percent the eyesight that regular people do. I have done my schooling in a regular school and regular college. In fact, I'm the first integrated education student. something that my parents fought very hard for along with nab and got me into a school called gd somani which is at kaf parade which is one of the premium educational institutes when you're doing ssc studies which i did being blind having a less vision was definitely challenging while growing up but also i think set the foundation for who i am today you know and i whenever i talk about myself i first and foremost need to give credit to both my parents my mom and my dad because they've been the pillar of strength they took this up and said okay this is a challenge there is a problem with our child there is a challenge with our child but we're going to make sure that he is raised in the best way possible he gets the best education i think at that point they even went beyond their means to ensure that i was put in the fantastic education system i had good tutors and a lot of things around me to make things well even while studying my mom used to take our study material and record it into tips and that's how i've studied uh, beyond a point uh, i wasn't able to read textbooks and stuff very clearly my dad every year used to come and put tube lights on the blackboards in my school mm-hmm. at his cost he'd created this mechanism where there was a tube light on my desk which could be shifted from my class to class because it was on wheels it was like a portable system that he'd come up with so you know just see the way that the two of them have done everything that they could in their power so, uh, to uh, ensure that you know i could study properly so whatever was projected on blackboard was like there on your desk or no no nothing of that sort it, it at that point when i was in school i could see a little better mm-hmm. so the, there were tube lights put on the blackboards mm-hmm. so that the blackboard generally wouldn't have enough light true but the blackboards in my class were very well lit mm. everyone could could see the blackboards better i mean including myself because i used to sit very close to the board uh then it just got very difficult to catch up when you know the classes 
went up and the syllabuses became wider. True. And that's when a lot of my friends pitched in. Mm-hmm. There were people who used to dictate to me what's on the blackboard and I used to write in my book. And then my mom had to decipher what I've written and then probably put that on tape and things like that. So education was challenging, but uh, fun as well. I mean, there was it was something different. But in school, it was a difficult life from a perspective. You know, children can be very, very cruel at times. I mm-hmm. mean, more than true. generally how people are in that. So when they see something that they can catch on to, they do. In school, I was bullied uh, for a good part. When I then decided that, you know, the way to gain popularity, I realized, was if you're physically strong and you're a sports person or if you've achieved something or people rely on you or look up to you for something. I realized that my strength at that point was that I was a very strong person. I was a very strong kid. And I got the opportunity to get into sports. And I became one of the top sportsmen in my school. I would be always among the top three athletes when it came to running. I was always among the top two swimmers in my school. Wow. So that worked in my favor. And obviously, you know, when you train... You also physically get fitter. You look better. I, True. By the t- by the time I reached the tenth grade, I had a I had a six pack physique, so that really helped getting into college. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe people um, listening to this might not be aware of uh, the condition that you are on. And uh, as you mentioned, like you had earlier, maybe ten to fifteen percent of your eyesight. So that's how you were born, right? With uh, so it's a it's a condition called retinitis pigmentosa where the retina in your eye, which is actually what transmits the images which your eyes see to your brain, my retina doesn't get enough blood supply and hence I have probably 95% of the cells either dead or dormant. And dormant means sleeping. So only 5% of, of things I can see. Now that being said, I can see everything, but I need a lot of light and I can see five feet from myself. I wouldn't be able to make out something beyond 10 feet. I think it would just not register. So your light registers, shadows register, but not faces or not. I wouldn't be able to decipher or read things. So that's what my uh, condition is. So and retinitis, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So retinitis pigmentosa also is accompanied with night blindness. So at night, because there is no light, uh, it's almost a blind situation. Okay. Right? Um, so earlier you said like being bullied in the college, uh, sorry, in the school, school and uh, also finding it very, very difficult to study. So do you remember any instances of you as a kid where you were a bit frustrated or feeling like, hey, is there a way I can make a way out of this or thought of giving up studies and following something else? So I'll tell you what happened was that there were I, I was not a bad student ever i had trouble only in two major subjects one was marathi and one was maths now i would probably in my sciences and my languages other than that i would get really really great scores but maths marathi uh, would would bring down my scores completely so I never thought of quitting education. I always worked towards it. 
And in fact, I passed my SSC exam with a first class. But what frustrated me a lot was people's behavior. I couldn't understand why people were being, why there were some people who would literally go out of their way to assist, to read out stuff to me and work with me and do a lot of things. And some fantastic people. There were others who would want to take advantage uh, you know, of me. In fact, I, I remember this particular class trip uh, that we took. My parents, uh, uh, so this was, uh, there was an overnight trip. It was a three, four day trip. And my parents thought that handing me money would be a little dangerous, both for myself and maybe the chances of me not being able to handle it and losing money. Uh, so we had some family friends. So in my school, who was a common friend, uh, of mine and then the parents were friends with my parents so they decided to hand over money to that kid to assist me and he felt that I wouldn't be able to see so I wouldn't be able to add up and uh, wanted to take advantage of that fact and uh, read out the wrong price labels on a product I ended up thinking that I'm paying 100 rupees for something which I would be paying say 60 rupees for or 50 rupees for this is very early in my schooling. I think it must be in the third or fourth grade. But that left an indelible mark when I realized, when I got, got home and, and my parents realized that this has happened and they told me what has happened. It left an indelible mark where I said, no, I have to know what's happening. I need to be aware of my situation. I need to be aware of what are the sort of pricing of certain items is or be able to judge what something is going to cost and be able to judge people from who can be trusted and who cannot. And very early in my life, it started seeping. And that's why I say that it was a, you know, all these incidents become the base for who you become. Either you can break. And, you know, in most of my talks, I'll say, I'll always tell people and I'll start with my talk with, you can start your day or start dealing with the problem with saying, Main kya kar sakta Ye ho gaya to mere I have no control over it. Main kya kar sakta or you can look in the mirror and say, Main kya kar sakta What can I do to change the situation? And the difference between the attitude between these two statements is actually the difference between success and failure. Difference between you becoming something, you living a life in obscurity. Because if you're going to give up, Who's going to hold you up or hold your hand? I mean, who's going to do it? If you don't believe in yourself, why do you expect people to believe in you? Some of those instances that you have shared about being cheated just because you had some disadvantage over some of the things. But I'm sure, you know, there are some of the lessons that you learned from that and those experiences early on in your life. One thing that I want to ask you is, Especially when, you know, somebody is born with some of those challenges, it takes a while for some people to accept that they have some challenges and then start figuring out, like, what are my strengths and then let me focus on your strength. And I think that's something that you have done. So when did you started accepting this is how I am and then you started focusing on your strength rather than thinking that, oh, 
I have these weaknesses than wasting rest of the strengths that you have? So in terms of realizing or accepting, for me, this is reality. You know, uh, I was born with this situation. And like I said, the way my parents brought me up was never to make me realize that that's a problem. That's like, that's who you are. And, you know, if, if I felt low or if I felt bad, my mom would always say one very important thing, uh, which even today is, is a guiding force for me. And she'd say, you're never given a challenge that you do not have the capability to deal with because your Lord is kind and you just need to look inside yourself to find the answers and the strength to overcome whatever comes your way. And this was the guiding force that helped my parents deal with the situation and helps me deal with the situation perfectly well. In terms of understanding and realizing my strengths, I think it was a matter of every time I fell, every time I was hurt, every time that somebody took advantage of me or bullied me or did anything, there's always two choices that were in front of me, either step down or step up. I could step down, give up and get bullied and remain bullied, or I could step up and do something about it. Either become physically strong so that I can step up to that or keep getting beaten up or keep getting bullied. You know, start getting witty, being able to answer back to people uh, that, that are trying to, to, to show you down or keep listening to the world. The choices at that point were very clear. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe I'm, I was born with it or I, I just have some fantastic parents. Again, my parents are very pragmatic. They're very practical people. So um, the whole environment at home is is sort of that way where, you know, if there's a problem, you talk about it, you think about it, you try to come out of it. So that, that's something as a culture is, is ingrained into me. So I, would ne- I, I wouldn't, you know, ever go back with a challenge. I know that, I know today that my mom would probably cry in silence every time I told her something that happened in school. But at that point, when she's talking to me, she was a pillar of strength. She'd say, yes, okay, so this happened. Now what are you going to do about it? So that's the approach that she taught me. But obviously, she's a mother, and, and trust me, my mom has one of the softest hearts. I mean, you can you can find. So I know that she would go cry in silence. You know, uh, I'll tell you an interesting, very very interesting story. As a kid, I used to love cycling, and and this is the point where I could I could see a lot and, uh, more than I can see today. But I could I could cycle, right? And I could cycle very well. Amongst our friends, I was probably the fastest cyclist and you know we used to have this thing we used to take these turns you know where your your knee would almost scrape the ground i i, I was one of the the better stunt people also the thing is that as kids you're told cycle in your lane or cycle in your space but you're never going to do that so we used to go out on the main road and cycle i used to stay in kulaba and the gateway of india is very close to home i mean within three four kilometers and as kids, we used to go and cycle there because the stretch is so beautiful, so long. And uh, I found out later that 
my parents used to actually follow me, but from a distance. They never let me know that I was being followed. They never let my confident self that, that, that I can do it, that I can go, you know, into the world and live myself. I can go and try cycle in traffic and still come out safe and fend for myself in a sense. But they were always there as a safety net. That if something did happen, they were right there to help out. Fortunately, they never needed to. That's a good thing. I think that's a very important thing uh, that you have shared with you. And the reason that I've been asking about uh, how your parents has helped uh, you and, you know, pitched in to help you navigate through the challenge that you were born with. And, uh, you know, when you see a lot of parents, they have their kids with some challenges, then they first give up on their own mind. And then they say the same message directly or indirectly to their kids. But what your parents have done is something, you know, which is very rare to see. And I think that has saved you a lot in some of the things that you have or believe about yourself and having that self-confidence and believing in yourself. So now coming to your profession today and the kind of work that you do today involves a lot of design elements. Correct. The business that you are in is designing up this stuff. Right. And then you can't see <laughs> how does this works. Very interesting question, uh, Bijay. So to run a business, you don't need eyesight. You need vision. And that I have. I know my business. I know inside out of what I have to do. I know where the company needs to go. And I know the key aspects of business, what matters. When it comes to designing today, I am part of my design team. In fact, I head the design team and I'm responsible for bringing in new shop fitting ideas. I'm responsible for the research and development of next generation products in retail fit outs and retail shop fittings. How do I do that? So research is obviously done on my computer, my web, and, and there's a lot of technology that helps today, uh, especially computer-aided technologies where I can zoom in and see the parts very closely, uh, even 3D printing technology where I can actually feel the parts is obviously a very, very big help. But uh, the challenge was how do I explain what's in my mind to the designers? Um, my sketches obviously are not the best, but I use the help of sketching a little. But you know, the best part of my team is that I verbally explain designs to them. And they understand that, and they are able to convert that into drawings, which then I would look at approving. We've got a fantastic team, I mean, of engineers and product designers and so on and so forth. Uh, and now they're used to explaining design to me verbally and taking verbal inputs. And I've developed a way of training people to understand that and trained myself to be able to explain every detail as crisply and precisely as possible 
The interesting thing about our business, especially what we are doing and what we are developing, some of our tolerances are within 0.2 millimeters and we are able to design with verbal inputs <laughs> with 0.2 millimeter tolerances. So that's, it's as simple as this when you want to do something, you'll always find a way to do it. When you really want to achieve something, means just pop up, ways just make themselves, you know. It's like the parting of the sea. God supports those who support themselves, isn't it a saying? So I think that's pretty true. We First, you need to support yourself. You need to figure out what your strength is. I figured out communication is my strength. So I built my method around communication. I realized that understanding people and understanding problems and coming up with solutions for them is my strength and I built my business around it. That's a very powerful message there for people listening out there and who are possibly having a challenges which are way too smaller than yours and limiting themselves to go and achieve in something that they want in their life. I'll get, you know, into that in a bit, but I would like to share with my audience that I'm right now sitting at Hujafa's office and, you know, you gave me this studio tour and I never felt that you couldn't see because you were explaining those smaller bits and pieces on the design, <laughs> just like, you know, a normal person would do. So I think that comes from the understanding of the work that you have. And uh, as you mentioned, being involved on in the designing aspect and uh, the vision that you have for what you are building. And you definitely see if, if you are passionate so one of my mentors, who's also our COO, okay, and I call him my mentor because he's taught me a lot. We discuss philosophy, we discuss work, we discuss a lot of things. He's a, he's a very intelligent man. So when we were discussing strategy for people and how, you know, we want to manage things, one of the things that came up was your best employee is going to be 80% as efficient as you. 80% as passionate as you. And if you can find that kind of an employee, you already won your battle. Most of us might not find that kind of employee. So if you want your employees to be passionate at say 100%, you need to be passionate at 100x2 or x3. Your passion, your dedication, your drive, your determination inspires the people under you. So as an entrepreneur, yes, you need to do a lot of things on the back end. You need to take a lot of strategic decisions, data-driven decisions, sit behind a seat and do a lot of work. But you're also the general and the best generals whether it be Alexander, whether it be India's Tipu Sultan or Shivaji or you know Maharana Pratap or if you go and, and look at even people like Genghis Khan, you will see that they're in the field, they're in the front. Theirs is the first horse that leaves onto the battlefield and that's what you've got to be 
I don't get me wrong. I have delegated everything that has to be delegated, but I have not delegated responsibility. If things go wrong, people are supposed to follow a process. But if things go wrong beyond that, the responsibility is borne by me, whether it be with the other directors or whatever it is. If sales are low, my responsibility. If an order has gone out of the factory wrong, even if I've not I have not even stepped on the shop floor to see that order, it's still my responsibility. And because of that, I would go back, I would give them feedback on what's gone wrong, sit and understand with them what can be done in terms of preventive measures, in terms of corrective measures. If the client is upset, I take it upon myself to call the client, take responsibility for our actions and assure him that corrective action would be taken. You have got to lead from the front and you have got to create leaders within your organization who can lead their teams the way you're leading them. It has to be done. And that's the only way you're going to grow. What would be your message to people who might have the challenges like you have or maybe not physical, maybe they have some other challenges that they are or the adversities that they are facing in their life? You're never given a challenge that you do not have the ability to overcome. Whatever the challenge, however bad it looks and feels now, when you're in it, there is always a way out. There is always a way around it. I'm, I'm the protege of a speaker called Sam Corthorn. He's an Australian speaker and he lost his arm in a car accident. He has a bad leg and he's from a very humble background. And this accident taught him a philosophy called bounce forward. There's no point bouncing back to a point from where you already declined. You have to bounce forward, bounce beyond that and become a better version of yourself. Every time you fall, aspire not to reach where you were, but reach further. So you won't see falling as that big a problem. Then you look at it as a catapult, right? Can't be afraid of failures. They're a part of you. You cannot be afraid of adversities. You cannot be afraid of challenges. They are as real as your breath. How you deal with those adversities, what you do when you are challenged, defines who you become, defines your success and your failure, defines your legacy. You are never going to run away from your challenges. You can't hide from them. You have got to face them. There is no other option. Running away is not an option. It will hunt you down someday or another. So face it and you will see that you've moved forward. You've become a better version, a stronger version for your, of yourself. Every time I have faced a challenge, every time I've 
face challenges i feel you, you just can't overcome how do i do this i mean this is this is so difficult it is i mean i have no control over these situations i'm not even in control what you're in control of is your actions and i always try to remember that i'm in control of my actions and i need to take decisions towards what kind of actions i'm going to take in what kind of situations and take your decisions and back yourself with conviction and do what you think you have to do because only you know best how you're going to come out of it because you know your strengths the best focus on your strengths focus on what you've got rather than what you don't have because even the richest man in the world doesn't have everything even the happiest man in the world doesn't have everything even the most secure man in the world is not secure from death focus on what you have that is yours that is what you control what you don't have you don't have what you can't help you can't help focus on the things that you can help that you can influence So Jeffa you you know you have already said that you don't need eyesight to run a business you need a vision for that you have this long list of accolades including most innovative retail solution by times internet and you are one of the top 100 retail minds in India consecutively for 2 years then you have been awarded with the younger achiever of the year by golden globe tiger and so on on top of that you also have 20 design copyrights and patents on your name so what's your vision if you look at india as a market india has a lot of aspiring retailers my vision is to empower the future of retail globally but i've divided that into two parts one is empowering indian retail empowering the indian retailer who has the aspiration but might not have access to a lot of technology you not might not even have the the access to knowledge so we creating a platform for such retailers the studio that you were just referring to that space has been created where retailers and their design agencies or the designers can come in and look at the latest technology understand it feel it and then get themselves educated on what's the latest that's happening i write a lot of blog posts do a lot of videos i make a lot of videos with my products explaining what people can do to improve their retail see today if you look at a lot of news you'll see internet commerce is doing this and internet commerce is doing that and blah blah and blah but even today 80% of sale happens inside a physical store but still physical stores are suffering because they're not as operationally efficient as e-commerce is we have created technology which combines the excitement of physical stores the touch and feel enhances the experience of the product while bringing in digital technology into the rack where people spend 70% of their time so that retailers can get information like what has a person picked up and not bought what has a person picked up and bought what has a person picked up and what's the next thing they picked up 
what are the five things that they saw so that they have information that retailers like Amazon and uh, Flipkart have at that disposal because of their internet capabilities because anything that you do digitally leaves a breadcrumb so we've created scanner based technologies into our racks where a person can pick up a product and scan it get product information buy it from there but the retailer also gets a lot of information and now the second part of my vision is to take Indian innovation to the globe and create a persona for Indian retail technology as being reliable as being brilliant and as being something that deserves respect and I'm working very hard towards that and I think I must say here I was quite fascinated by the prototypes that you have shown me at your studio whether be it about you know getting to see how it's going to fit uh, the t-shirt that I picked up at, at your store and just uh, taking it in front of the uh, scanner and it's just showing me all the colors and sets and how it's going to fit me before I enter the trial room or whether that's it's, it's simple it's just having those lights on the racks of your stores and I'm, I'm so looking forward to you know how that ai thing works out where it's gonna recommend you other products that goes along with you if you're picking up the shoes then it's gonna recommend you which t-shirt is gonna go along with the shoe and especially for people like me who has no fashion sense then i think that's gonna be <laughs> quite <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way you guys you have to see he's very well dressed he's just being very hu- humble and saying he has no fashion sense <laughs> um no absolutely i'm 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 uh, being very honest and i really have no idea of what goes along well with what anyway coming back to the point in you know all those innovations and all those uh, smart technologies that you are bringing to the retail stores like the novel shopping that you go on you know the super on on the malls or you know these stores where you are just picking your t-shirts and shoes the whole experience there is going to be more effective i think online you just get to see what's out there and just scroll zoom in and zoom out and stuff like that but when you go on a physical store then you know when you combine these technologies along with um the physical experience that you know the feel of the product in the hand and i think that's that's going to transform that so um so i i wish you all the all the best on well, thank uh, you so much yeah, i really that. wish i mean for for the future of retail because we're able to bring in a, a much much higher efficiency in terms of lighting we're able to give 3x illumination with a rack lighting as compared to regular lighting while reducing the lighting cost by over 30%. Wow. And what we understand from some of the places where we've been able to implement our our digital technologies also is that sales in those spaces have gone up significantly. Now, unfortunately, retailers are very shy sharing their their actual revenue or revenue growth, but the ceos of the couple of companies that we have spoken to are extremely happy and they say that our sales have gone up significantly the word that that's been used i i really hope that we are we are an important part of of this change and we're able to influence indian retail and maybe take the indian retail model to new heights with what we're doing and we're really working very honestly towards that in fact interesting story that when we started off within sync and we started off this r&d we were in the middle of 
the 2008 recession and uh, we started off with with all of this in about 2009 10 i believe and we really started running dry of money because all our money was stuck in the market uh, we had a split in our partnership and we had to pay off our partners so there was no money and i had just gotten married and my wife one day when when i was sitting i'm i'm at home and i'm sitting with my hand held you know my head hand held in my hand trying to figure out how am i going to do this i mean this i need so much money we've got people to pay salaries to pay uh, molds to make and it required a lot of money at that point getting a loan from bank was as close to impossible the idea was new and so outrageous that getting investors was also not something that would have been very easy so you know my wife is comes and says what happened honey why are you why are you so sad what, what what's wrong uh, what are you thinking about and I was like you know we've started on insync right uh, we got the designs i can see that this is going to be so great this this the fantastic products and so you know we worked so hard for it but today now we don't have the money to invest into molds so she was like um how much do you think you're going to need I was like i don't know i mean about this much this much amount i i don't want to reveal the amount but i mean this much amount she says why don't we sell this house I'm like you know what you're saying we just got married i mean it's it's what 6 months 7 months uh, i think it was yeah about 6 7 months and we just got married and you're saying sell off the house and you know she held my hand and said do you believe in this idea do you believe in yourself do you think you'll be able to buy me this house back or a better one i like it's risky but i really think that this is this is something that is really good it's fantastic i can see it uh, becoming something big and she was like then do it i believe in you if you believe in yourself and then we took this idea to my dad and he went ballistic he's like you're bloody gone crazy what's wrong with you you just got married she doesn't know what she's talking about you don't know what you're talking about blah 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 and then you know mm. over time he was like okay if you want to take the step do it but you're taking a huge risk you know that I like yeah, I do and I believe in myself. He's like I know I believe in you too. And my dad you have no idea the support that he's given me. Even the support of not giving his experience because a lot of experience would say that what I was doing was completely crazy. True. A lot of people told me I was completely crazy. Yeah. I love it when you say the support of not giving his experience. Yeah. So he you know he backed off and said okay you know do what you do i know that you're going to do well just do what you do today we are where we are uh, 10 years down we started in 2010 and 2019 we are where we are we won some accolades we're doing some of the best identities in the country and now going international so yeah i think my my wife's sacrifice my my parents prayers and a little bit of my hard work paid off well but you got to take risks if you're a business person
you've got to take risks but you've got to back yourself but when you take a risk you need to believe in yourself 100% uh hujefa we have now arrived to the enlightening round are you ready sure what inspires you to do everything that you do i'm surrounded my entire space my cabin so when he said that he was showing me his office space his seat and there you can see a lot of quotes and uh images put out there so that's that's uh what hujefa was referring to please go ahead so i i generally believe bijay that you have three circles of influence in your life you can call them your proximity and your proximity is your power the first line of proximity is the people you surround yourself with if you want to be successful you need to surround yourself with people who are hungry for success who inspire to do something different you need to have a very strong why within yourself and you need to have people around you who affirm your beliefs you know there are some people where you can when, when even if you're low they'll make you feel like you're on top of the world and then there are some people when you're top of the world want to drag you down i mean depends whom you want to spend your time with yeah i mean i have designed my life to surround myself with some of the best people i i have chosen some very good mentors from within the industry whom i can talk to take advice from people have credibility and who have experience so first and foremost surround yourself with people that inspire you second circle of influence second proximity is your place where you are where you spend your time you want to feel like a winner live like a winner design your office in a way that inspires you so my face inspires me that's my second uh circle of influence the third circle of influence is the content you consume today what do you read what do you listen to what do you talk about today there is so much content there's long form short form blogs articles uh, there is there are serials tv shows and plays and books and um you know although i'm 95% blind in the last 2 years i have read over 100 books through audio books so i would say i have listened to 100 over 100 books i research my industry for 2 hours every day so i read blogs i read articles from my linkedin profile has some of the best retailers from bs nagesh to mr biani to some of the top international uh, minds who talk about retail who design retail spaces and i read articles from them get inspired from them know what's happening in their work and how they are thinking and you know when you read what some inspiring person is talking about it inspires you to do it just pushes you why why can't i do this let's do this you know oh this is a problem that they put up how do i solve it things like that that's what keeps me going <laughs> so which one daily habit do you think has been game changer for you in your success journey 
One thing that I would think is, is a game changer is simply believing that everything's possible. You need to make it possible. Even impossible says I am possible. I mean, that's a very well-known cliche. It's, it's, I know, but I really believe in that. I mean, even impossible says I am possible. Even can't has can in it. So, I mean, if, if you just look at the signs around you, there is nothing which is not possible. You have just got to find it within you. And I do. Every time I come across a problem, I want to figure out a way to solve it, not to run from it, not to hide from it. So if you have to pick a book or two that has influenced you deeply in the recent past, what would be those? So one of the top of my mind is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it's one of the most brilliant books on people management that I have read. It is a life changer. That's that's my uh, my my top pick for sure. Um, I also really really love the secret and the eighty twenty rule because both these I follow also to to a large extent. Amazing, Azifa. We have come to an end of this interview, but uh, before I ask you the last question, I would like to acknowledge you for everything that you are doing and uh, your story is very inspiring and what you have done with your own life given the challenge that you have is very very inspiring and i'm sure it's going to touch the lives of as many people as it's going to touch and i hope that a lot of listeners listening to this are being inspired by your story as well before i ask you the last question if people would like to reach out to you and uh, get in touch with you what would be the best possible way I'm very very active on LinkedIn and LinkedIn would be the best way to reach out to me because I check that personally on a daily basis. Super guys, I'll link that up on the uh, show notes page of this episode. So here's the last question for you. Who if I ima- imagine that you are standing on the largest stadium ever built in the history of the world. And there are millions of people every single seat of that stadium is occupied and these people are eagerly and passionately waiting to listen to your message and you have been given one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life what would be your message my message would be very clear um you are never given a challenge which you cannot overcome the strength is within you it's just that you have to bring that strength out adversity and challenges are a part of your life that as real as your breath and how you deal with it what you do with it how you respond to it 
defines who you are, defines your success and your failure. You are never given with the challenge that you can deal with. It has been phenomenal having this conversation with you, Zefa. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you, Vijay. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm really proud to be part of of this uh, brilliant series. And I hope that I've added some value to the listeners and that I'm able to empower a few people through your podcast. I'm very glad that you, you decided to have me here and very humbled because I know that I share this seat with a lot of important people in Indian history, people who will probably become part of history at some point. So thank you. Thank you very much, Vijay. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. And while you are at it, I would really appreciate if you could leave your thoughts about this episode or show in general. To end this, as Josefa said, you got to face your challenges. You cannot grow while running away from them. My friend, it might seem bleak and dark at the moment, but believe me, if you face it, you are going to rise and shine. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.